Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This holiday season, Lexus wants you to remember. Nothing feels as good as making others feel good. Those so-called feel-good holiday films? They can't hold a gingerbread-scented candle to the feeling of giving them something that gives them all the feels. Make this December one to remember. Together. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Here's what's cooking on the day's sports stove podcast. We are talking about the softening of sports. That's right. We're also going to talk a number of other things like a lot of football news going on right now. Some baseball stuff, basketball stuff, and some this day in sports history coming at you later on in the episode as well. That's what's cooking on the day's sports stove podcast. From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove Podcast with your host, Vince Stover. Welcome in to a new edition of the Sports Stove Podcast brought to you by Skull Candy and Yeti Coolers. Links are available for you in the podcast notes as well as in the YouTube video description. Welcome in to another Thursday night edition of the Sports Stove Live. And I'm joined as I am most of the time by my dad, Dale Stover, reporting live in Ohio. Dad, how you doing? Doing good. Doing good. Have a good day. It has been an interesting week in the sports world. A lot of things have come out. We're going to talk about as many of them as we can today. Uh, there's just a lot happening. COVID has ravaged the sports world again. We'll get to that in a few minutes. But before we get to that, uh, I want to talk about an, uh, an issue that has plagued society and has crept into sports and now is making a full-fledged effort to get into sports as well. And that is the softening of, uh, of society and ultimately the softening of sports. We look at uh, the news that came out, or I don't know if news is the right word for it, but the stuff that came out about uh, the Big 12 saying that the horns down, you know, Texas has the hook'em horns and then uh, their opponents have the horns down, and they said if they do the horns down to an opponent, they're going to get penalized for it. If they do it to the crowd, they probably, I believe was the word used, won't get penalized for it. And, uh, you know, you look at, at trash talking, and trash talking is still very prevalent in the sports world. We just came off a of UFC 264 where Conor McGregor, honestly cross the line in the things he was saying. But uh, you see fighters with trash talk. You see uh, golfers trash talking right now as well. You've got basketball players, football players, baseball players. It's all happening. We're watching uh, Major League Baseball players uh, mocking the Astros. Uh, Aaron Judge covering up his shirt like he was holding it on like Altuve did uh, and after his walk-off homer. And so... Trash talking is still prevalent, yet now we're trying to get to the point where we're going to penalize players for doing a symbol that is non-offensive, that is not um, inappropriate. It's just, for lack of a better term, mean. Uh, I live in Kentucky, and uh, Kentucky fans will do the L's down for Louisville. Uh, and so it's just something you do. It's fun. It's, it's mocking. Yes. Of the other team. It is derogatory to some degree, but it's not wrong. It's not immoral. It's not, um, crude or crass, like some of the chants that we've heard in the basketball playoffs and other sporting events. 
It's just simply viewed as mean. And now we're going to outlaw uh, not nice behavior by the athletes during the sports. And I got to admit, when I saw the day that come across my timeline on social media, I thought, you have got to be kidding me. We are going to penalize people for taking what one team uses as a hand symbol in the hook'em horns, and the other team turns it upside down, and now all of a sudden it's the worst thing in the world, 15-yard penalty or whatever it may be. It just doesn't make sense. And we get to this point where sports now, we're softening it. We're bringing in politics. We're bringing in uh, social issues, and I, I, I'm not anti-fixing social issues. Please don't take me wrong here. But we're bringing in all these outside things into the sport, and what it's doing is it's causing us now to not be allowed to play the sport, participate in the sport like we've always been able to. And this news just blew my mind. And I know it shouldn't in this day and age, the way everything's going, but it does. Uh, Dad, your thoughts on penalizing a player for an upside-down hook'em horns faced at another opponent. Yeah, that I mean, and I agree. That doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean, um, I think the, <clears throat> one of the big issues, and it's been this way for several years, is especially professional sports, but I think college sports too, everyone has forgotten the importance of the fans, the fans are why we have sports. The fans are why people get paid. The fans are why there's thousands and thousands of dollars on Saturdays at the colleges. Um, so you got to be careful with fans. Now, I've been to a lot of ball games. You have been too. I think getting rid of profanity, I think getting rid of things that are off color, that's good. I think controlling alcoholism is good. I've been in games um, where I thought, you know, it was way out of line. I've been there as the visiting fan and was worried if my team won at the end of the game, exactly what was going to happen. But as far as fans being cheering for their team and cheering against the other team, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, and you, we've talked about this a lot. Anytime you have rules, you got to think about consistency and what are you going to do? Um, football and I think college football too, but pro football years ago, and I was surprised, changed the thing about celebrations. Yep. I didn't necessarily think it was a good idea. Well, it's been entertaining. And as long as they keep it above board, um, it's been good. It hasn't slowed up the games. It's made the games a little more exciting. I'm sure the live games have made it, you know, um, it's something you look forward to now to see what's the celebration gonna be and they've been inventive with it so to say okay now we can have celebrations now we can celebrate this but oh you can't do that that can't be negative um i mean are there going to be any celebrations that are negative beside this i mean where are they going to go out with other teams um i mean what about division three what about division two does this not go on in any of those um but no it's just going to be the teams you know I, I don't know what the Big 12 is thinking here. I'm not sure what the problem is, um, but you're right. Um, you know, we're softening things. You know, it's not going to be everybody can just stand up and clap. That's not what you want. You want people to be able to cheer. You want people to be passionate for their team. And part of the thing of being passionate for your team is being passionate about teams you don't like. Um, I know it's that way with me, which you know. Um, whether it's college football, whether it's – there are a lot of people. I'm okay. I have my favorite team. I'm okay with a lot of teams. But there are some – no, I, you don't ever want them to win. It, it's as much fun to be against them as it is to be for your team. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that as long as it doesn't cross the line. Yeah, and that's the thing. Well, you mentioned a couple things in there. One is the consistency of it. Are the officials going to be consistent? Is it going to be called during the Oklahoma-Texas game? But when, um, what is it, Nevada or uh, whoever does the Wolf Pack? I think it's um, NC State, I guess. Uh, they do something like this with the for the Wolf Pack or whatever it may be. Well, what happens now if, if somebody you know turns that upside down? It's just... The motion of the hook'em horns upside down, it, it, there's nothing wrong with it. 
It's just taking something from the, it's like, it's not even like stealing the team's mascot. There's, there's nothing wrong with it. It's not, it's not crude. It's not crass. It's not whatever. And, uh, and you're right. What are we going to get to? Are we going to get, I'm all for sportsmanship. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm all for sportsmanship, uh, in between players and things like that. But when you're talking about the biggest of rivalries in sports, at the end of the day, there is going to be stuff that goes on. And if the worst of it is an upside down hand logo, my goodness, let's, let's move past that and not worry about it. It's, it's overthinking things is what it is. It's trying to appease more than likely. It's trying to appease people who don't even watch your product. And, uh, and they're in doing this. They're infiltrating the sport with things that just don't make sense. There's just absolutely no reason for it. If um, you're listening re- to the pod. Oh, go ahead. I remember years ago, um, the, the, the commentators covered in the pregame of the Florida, Florida state game. They had both sets of cheerleaders on and they went over the Tomahawk chop and went over the Gator chomp and then had each set of cheerleaders. They, there was a mock for each team of the other team and they had each cheerleader do the mock and then do theirs. And they just made a big story out of it. The deal is this is a great game. This is a great rivalry. And here's how this team mocks the tomahawk chop, and here's how this team mocks the gator chop, and it was a it was a story. Um, but now, you know, several several years later, it's going to be a bad thing. Yeah, it's still a story, just in a different way yeah. <laughs> nowadays uh, as well. We talked about the tomahawk chop tomahawk chop on Tuesday, and it's one of just the fondest memories I have as a kid is hearing on TV both in the Atlanta Braves, and I wasn't a Braves fan, uh, and at Florida State. And just, to me, it was really neat to see. And, uh, you know, now it's, you're right. I mean, if a player from Florida, or a player is playing against Florida and they do the Gator Chomp, now this is, the Big 12 specifically has talked about this, but, you know, it happens. You've got Tyreek Hill in the NFL. As he runs past people, he's flashing the peace sign to him. Is in, you know, it, those kinds of things should be fine. There's nothing wrong with those things, and yet we're trying to bring it in. We're trying to bring a societal fix in the sports in an area that's not going to change anything other than just add stupidity to the sports, in my opinion. And that is my opinion, and my dad's opinion he shared as well. Uh, feel free to share your opinion. You can comment during the video in the comment section wherever you're watching. You can always uh, let us know on Twitter at Sports Stove. Uh, we're on Instagram at the Sports Stove Pod. Uh, later on, as you listen to the podcast, feel free to let us know your thoughts on the upside down hook'em horns and whether or not you think uh, it should be outlawed from the sport. Let's stick with football, Dad, and let's talk about some things going on in the football world. I want to start with the Philadelphia Eagles and the rumors about Deshaun Watson and the possibility that if and when he gets cleared, which seems to be a matter of time, whether it is him settling with the uh, accusers or it uh, uh, coming out to no major issues. Maybe he still serves a suspension of four games, six game, eight game suspension. But um, the longer you get away from it, the more it seems like not much is going to happen uh, with that, at least legally speaking. So the rumor comes out, uh, I think it was uh, Schefter that said it today on ESPN, and he says, you know, if and when he gets cleared, Deshaun Watson gets cleared, the Eagles are players in the Deshaun Watson uh, scramble. It makes sense, doesn't it? I mean, Jalen Hurts, and again, I like Jalen Hurts, and I think if you put him in the right system, he can find some success, but I don't think he's going to be a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Deshaun Watson, on the other hand, I have said for a long time now, he's a top three quarterback in the NFL right now. I've got Patrick Mahomes one, Aaron Rodgers two, Deshaun Watson three. So if I'm Philadelphia and I'm trying to figure out if I can acquire Deshaun Watson, if I know he's going to play football again, I'm all in on this if I'm Philadelphia. And honestly, if I'm many teams in the NFL, I think of Washington uh, Miami, I would still think would be in on this. Um, there are teams I'm trying to think of just on the top of my head of other teams out there that could be relatively quarterback needy. Um, New Orleans, I would take Deshaun Watson over Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill. Um, I don't know. There's teams out there. So 
I, I would assume you agree with me, Dad, but what do you think about the idea of Deshaun Watson in Philadelphia? Oh, I think it'd be good. Like you, like you said, I agree. Deshaun Watson's a good quarterback, great quarterback, and he'd be a help wherever he is. Um, and it sounds like you know he's not going to go back uh, to Texas and um, from there from the Houston. And um, but uh, you know they they de- desperately need him. But if they could work a deal where some kind of trade or something with Philadelphia, then it might be finally a good good news for something there in Houston. Um, Deshaun Watson would be good on a lot of teams, and I, he would make Philadelphia tough in their division right off the bat, no doubt about it. Yeah, because Philadelphia, right now, they've, they've got some holes in their roster. We'll talk about that more in the coming weeks, but... They've got some gaps to fill, so to say, and the question is, is can Deshaun Watson do enough to improve that team? It wasn't that long ago that the Eagles were in the Super Bowl, but a lot's changed since then. A brand-new coach, uh, new offensive system, a lot of players gone that were there then as well. Um, and, yeah, we'll see. He's not going to be back in Houston, which is incredible to me, um, that, that even after they got rid of Bill O'Brien, they still – just can kind of continue to crumble a bit. And uh, the Texans are in trouble. They're going to be really bad. They're going to get the first pick in next year's draft. And uh, we'll talk about them more in August when we go through our NFL preview uh, and looking at the AFC South. Aaron Rodgers still enjoying himself, relaxing. Um, he did say something for the first time throughout this whole, um, since the draft, that actually backed up a little bit of what I've been saying now since the day after the draft. But in talking to someone, he said, "We will. I'm going to go home and continue to work out, and we'll get this all figured out in a couple weeks. He said this after the golf match. And, well, what happens in a couple weeks, Dad? Shopify presents Cool Sheets from AHA to Lying awake while you bake isn't cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat-induced insomnia. That was my AHA moment. Bed sheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bed sheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible. Signing up on Shopify. With the help of Shopify's intuitive online store creator, I started selling sustainable bamboo sheets that keep cool year-round. And my cool idea became a reality. Hot sleepers around the world rejoiced. Shopify makes it simple to keep your cool while starting and growing your business. Start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. From aha to anything is possible. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Hold up. Just got a new sale, order fulfilled, and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. Uh, You can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. Yeah, I, I it, it, again, it tends to look more and more positive. I think the issue now is how everybody's going to handle it. Um, I've read some articles this week. Um, what, what do you mean by everyone? Um, both both Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Um, I think the Packers have to set this up right. I don't think you're going to, you know, Aaron Rodgers does not want to look bad in this, even though I think he'll have. And Aaron Rodgers is great talking, so he can come on and explain this in a lot of ways. And like I said, they win a few ball games. Most everybody is going to be fine again, I think from there, but the idea of he's getting pressured and he's in a corner and he didn't have a choice, you know, now the Packers, I think are smart enough to come off of that and make sure that's not 
the situation. As far as we know, both sides have been talking for a long time. So it's going to be easy to say it's just a matter of getting this hammered out. Um, I, I think, you know, if the Packers are not going to trade him, which at this point I don't think will happen and wouldn't be the time, I don't think he'll set out. I saw an interesting article this week about when someone really wants to pressure someone, it has to really get dirty. Um, they talked about Antonio Brown. They talked about some others. And um, they said Aaron Rodgers has not appeared to be willing to do that. He has not wanted to go that route. And I don't think he does. Um, again, I, the question you know I have is what exactly has to be ironed out. Now, I don't think he will necessarily be pressured financially. I know there would be a large, large fine. But again, he's in pretty good shape financially. Um, you know, I think it's just a matter of working out the details. And at this point, I think it's a matter of working out how to announce it and how to come back, um, you know, so he can, he can still be fine from there. Um, I did hear in this article uh, about an interview from Adam Scheffner brought up something you and I have talked about. And I, I think the big problem here is Mark Murphy. We'll get into that later when Aaron Rodgers signs and is back. But um, And he brought that up. You know, you don't hear about Mark Murphy, but you might ought to hear more about him. I think he has been some of the problem here, without a doubt. And that's a little bit of an obstacle because he is the top guy uh, in the organization. But the executive committee can take care of that very quickly. Um so from there, they haven't called me yet as a minority owner on that, but I'm sure there's been discussion. And um, again, I think as we've always said, the longer this goes, the better it looks. And um, again, I, I would think he'll settle something before training camp. Yes, um, I would think. I think when you said a few weeks ago that Jordan Love has talked to Aaron Rodgers, immediately I thought, hey, we're in good shape here. Um, it's you know, it's been a matter of timing from here on out is what it's been. At the end of the day, Rodgers was not coming to camp. He was not coming to OTAs. He was not doing those things. But when it gets to the point where he has to be there, he was going to be there, I think, the whole time. Um, I At the beginning, I wasn't sure. Now, I don't think he wanted it to be public. But once it came out, he kind of had to hold his line at that point. And the reality was is he would more rather hang out in California and do his own thing, then come to OTAs and things like that. So it's at this point, I think it's been resolved in-house. There's no reason to announce anything because there's nothing going on right now. And so you wait till it's time to come in a week or two, maybe a week before everybody shows back up again. They'll make the announcement that Rodgers has signed a three- or four-year extension for bukus of money, and he's going to come back. At the end of the day, I don't think Jordan Love plays a snap for Green Bay. I think he eventually gets traded uh, or, or plays out his contract as the backup quarterback. I think Rodgers gets the extension. I think he finishes his career in Green Bay. I think they've worked it all out. It's all taken care of. He he likes Matt LaFleur. He gets along with him. He likes the coaching staff, the other offensive guys that are there. He likes the players that are there. It's not the any if you hear anybody report that Rodgers is upset because they haven't drafted a receiver, they don't know what they're talking about. That's that has nothing to do with this because they've put players around Rodgers like Devontae Adams, like Aaron Jones, like Robert Tunyon, just because the world doesn't know Robert Tunyon or Marquez Van uh, uh Scantling or uh Alan Lazar doesn't mean that Rodgers doesn't like them. He does like them. He likes what he has. Not to say that he wouldn't have been happy to have someone else like uh, Antonio Brown or somebody like that come in. Sure. But that's not what any of this has been about. And Rodgers will be back. I've told you that since the day after the draft. He'll be back. And I believe that he's signing an extension and will finish his career in Green Bay as well. And I think it all comes to a head here pretty soon now uh, as they come up to the point where it's time to report. And, uh, dad, you remember the Brett Favre saga from back in the years. The main reason why Favre was going back and forth on retirement is because he didn't want to come to, to OTAs and the training camps and all those things. He, he didn't want to do any of that. And he honestly didn't need to. And Rogers, I think is starting to get to that point. It's not that he doesn't, he, he's not putting in the work. He's doing the work, but he wants to do it his own way. And he can do it in California with his people. 
and then he can come in in time for the mandatory things to be there and uh, go through. So I think it all works itself out. I, I agree with you. Mark Murphy is the biggest issue in all of this, and that goes back years. Um, back in the day when Mike McCarthy was in Green Bay, Mark Murphy never talked to the press. It was always Mike McCarthy, and McCarthy wasn't the GM. McCarthy wasn't, uh, uh, you know, he was the coach. That's what he was, yet he was still answering the questions that Ted Thompson and Mark Murphy should have been answering, and it just wasn't the case. And they kind of threw him under the bus on those areas a lot as well. So uh, that's what's going to happen. You heard it here first. We've been telling you for a long time now. Rodgers will be the starting quarterback in Green Bay week one, and I still firmly believe he signs an extension and is with the Packers long-term as well. We are hoping to break that news to you. Um, we've reached out to, to Aaron Rodgers and his people, and uh, they've not responded yet. And uh, Dad's putting in his phone calls as the owner of the Green Bay Packers, and uh, still not great communication there either, but we're working on it. Uh, how about Richard Sherman? What a crazy situation. A lot has transpired since the news originally broke about Richard Sherman being arrested. Uh, there was, uh, you know, it was immediately put out as a, um, burglary and domestic violence situation. It ends up he was at his in-laws house, I believe is the way I understand it. Uh, since all of it's gone down, Sherman has been released from custody. Uh, but he had to promise to appear, uh, in future court hearings including one tomorrow afternoon, Friday afternoon. They have also ordered him to not drink alcohol or do drugs, and he's not allowed to have contact with his father-in-law, and that's all part of the conditions as well as other conditions as well. No bail uh, was set. Uh, the prosecutors requested a $10,000 bail be set. It was not. So uh, Sherman now... My first thoughts were, and I didn't want, I didn't say anything on social media because I didn't want to assume and I didn't want to put anything on there. But my first thought was alcohol. And you mentioned it talking about the fan experience at sports. Me and you are both anti alcohol, which, you know, I, I'm part of the belly up network and alcohol is a big deal in the belly up network. And I am, I stand kind of on an island in the network uh, on this regard, but uh, I've got no problem to stand on that island. Alcohol is is a problem. It, it causes problems. And we see professional athletes every year. It always happens at the end of the season when they've got nothing to do. And in this dead period in the summer before they have to come back and report where they're just getting in trouble. There's nothing else for them to do. Um, they don't have that structure. And they've grown up on structure from a kid playing the sport to high school playing the sport, to college playing the sport, there's always been structure. And then once you get into the pros, you have more free time at the end and in between the season, and you've got the money now to do kind of whatever you want, and it usually causes problems. Richard Sherman has not gotten in trouble. He has been a good citizen. He's been a good human being from everything that we know. He's a very intelligent, a very smart uh, uh, person, along with being a very good football player. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this happens – and that's where my first thought went to is, was he drunk when this happened? And uh, a lot of people have begun to assume that CTE and brain injuries and stuff like that is is part of this. And I guess it's fine to go there. But uh, to me, the issue is more of, uh, well, we don't know. I don't want to get into that, I guess. Um, but we know that now the police have said he was drunk. Um, he was beating on the door. He did not hurt anyone. Um, and it's not to say that he was going to hurt anyone, but uh, they said he was drunk and that he said at one point that he was going to kill himself or considering killing himself, and uh, the police were called and whatnot from there. It's really sad, Dad, to see, um, you know, Richard Sherman's a free agent. He's had a great career to this point. There's a lot of talks about which team he would land on and things like that. How do we get to this point just literally weeks before reporting uh, for for uh, preseason and all the camps going on, how do we get to this point with a guy like Richard Sherman and the the legal issues? And there's a lot of legal issues right now in the sports world. But how are we here with Richard Sherman? Well, I and like you said, it is unfortunate, especially with the timing of it. Um, I I was a little surprised when I saw the judge's ruling and everything there again. You know, we've kind of, our theme tonight has been consistency, and that really gets kind of tough. I think the fact that he's vice president 
a vice president in the Players Association factors into this a little bit because um, it's more than just being a player from there. Um, and again, you know, you talked a little bit about some of the issues. And I read the judge's comments too, and I thought, okay, um, you know, Richard Sherman, he said, has been a model citizen. Um, it's been good. And then, oh, by the way, now don't, don't get drunk and don't do drugs. <laughs> well, okay. So if you're a model citizen, I'm not sure I understand that. Our, our definition of model citizen could be a little funny here. Not that Richard Sherman's not a great guy and not that a lot of people in the NFL or in pro sports are involved in those things. Um, but I think it's a lesson that you get involved in those things um, then look, look what situation you can get yourself into. And, um, I think that should be the warning he should give people. And if, if they come out of this with him being okay, that's the warning it should be is, Hey, he's a good guy. And this was out of character, but here's the reason it was out of character. Be careful. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, and not that we're lecturing all of our listeners that on this, but, but for what it's worth, we believe that we believe that alcohol causes problems. You look at the stats in domestic violence situations. You look at the stats in, in car accidents. You look at the stats, uh, in all these things that happen. Alcohol plays a major role in those. And it is interesting that he mentioned drugs too. And, you know, uh, model citizen basically means, especially from a pro athlete, that he hasn't been arrested before. <laughs> He's not been in trouble with the law. And, and listen, Richard Sherman's done a lot of good stuff for communities. He's very active. Um, this is not a bash on Richard Sherman, but the reason why he was given the stipulation, no alcohol and no drugs is because it played a, a factor in the events that led him to being in, in, in the prison. And so he is released. I don't, I don't have a problem with that. I, he didn't hurt anybody. Um, and if he was drunk at the time, you got to think if he's sober now and his past should, has not been an issue before, then it makes sense. Yeah. Release him and then be able to work everything out from there. Um, you know, and it's just, it's, it's amazing. I was surprised when it came across Richard Sherman again, has not been one of those guys that you see in the news for things like this. Now his attitude on the, on the field and, uh, he was with the Seahawks during the fail Mary back in the day. So I can't say I've been a huge fan of Richard Sherman as a football player, but, um, I can respect his, his ability and, and he has done so many things, so many good things off the field in his communities as well. So hopefully. This was a one-time lapse in judgment, and uh, things are going to be fine, and hopefully um, there is nothing deeper than that going on as well uh, there. But uh, this is the time, isn't it, Dad? Like I said, right after the season and right before the season, we tend to see a lot of guys get arrested, uh, especially NFL players, from doing just stupid things, driving too fast. you got the one guy who was driving with an Uzi in his car. Uh, he could be facing jail time. You've got... Um, a lot of guys that end up getting pulled over for drunk driving and for different things. So, um, man, you know, no matter how old we get, there's still childish things that happen. I, I, I really wish people would pay a little bit more attention to the damage they're doing, not just to them, but to their loved ones as well. And, uh, Richard Sherman has definitely, uh, uh, made a mistake. And, uh, hopefully, like I said, it's a one-time thing and everything will get back to normal for him here very soon. All right, Dad. Uh, uh, for those listening on the podcast version, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk the NBA Finals and USA Basketball, as well as do a few other uh, just quick fun baseball things. If you're watching us live, stay right with us. Uh, we're not going very far. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Sports Stove Podcast. Start a journey, not a fad. Kick off your fitness journey with up to $500 off Peloton Bike, Bike Plus, or Tread Packages. Choose the package that will take your training to the next level with accessories like our cycling shoes, heart rate band, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. Join now and you'll see why 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All access membership separate. Offer ends January 8th, 2023. Excludes Bike, Bike Plus, and Tread Basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. All right, everybody listening to us live and now joining us back on the podcast version. I want to tell you something about Yeti. Yeti is, has a great promotion right now, 25% off their brand new Camino Carryall 35 tote bag. 
was originally $150. It's down to $112.49. And uh, you can get that at Yeti. And you can use the link in the podcast notes or in the YouTube description. And it'll take you right there to Yeti so you can find these Camino Carry All. They have a brand new luggage line out. Go check it out and uh, use that link. We'd surely appreciate it. That little know that we sent you. We also have a link there available for Skull Candy. I'm wearing my Skull Candy headphones. Absolutely love them. I got them for 20 bucks. You can get them for 20 bucks as well. They also have earbuds, stereos, everything that you need there uh, at Skull Candy. Click the link in the podcast notes or the YouTube description and uh, get yourself a new set of earbuds or headphones from Skull Candy. All right, Dad, let's get into basketball. Game four happened last night, Wednesday night, Milwaukee and Phoenix. A lot of excitement happened in the game. Giannis had a great block uh, that helped them hold on to the lead. Chris Paul had issues all game uh, with turnovers and at the end turned it over and ultimately sealed the fate of Phoenix in game four. The series tied 2-2. Uh, the home team has won every game so far in the series the question I posed today on social media on Twitter was obviously Giannis. Giannis has played phenomenal in this series. Even in the losses, he's been great. My question is, does he have enough in the tank to last the rest of the series? Every time they show him, he just seems absolutely worn out. It reminds me of Jimmy Butler last year uh, in the bubble, and, uh, and he just looks absolutely worn out. I think the Suns are the better team. But Giannis is clearly the best player on the floor. Uh, they go back to Phoenix for game five. They get a couple of days rest before they do. Chris Paul's not healthy. Giannis is not healthy. Devin Booker came out firing in game four, looked phenomenal. Uh, Should have fouled out, <laughs> and, and the refs did not call an obvious foul. But nonetheless, uh, here we sit, tied 2-2. The series has yet to begin, ultimately. Best out of three now uh, for this series. I tell you, Dad, I have loved the NBA Finals this year. With it not being LeBron and it not being KD and it not being these uh, one-off superstars, although Giannis is that, I suppose, I like the fresh faces. I like the fresh blood. I like the different teams. For me, and it's proven in the ratings as the ratings continue to go up, people like what they're seeing in the NBA Finals this year. Yes, I, I think so. We've talked about that. Um it's more, I think it's more about basketball and yeah. uh, less about, you know, superstars than it's been in the past. And I think the average sports fan, that's what they want. I agree 100%. Uh, let's transition to USA basketball. Uh, they've come out now. They've said uh, Bradley Beal, uh, because of COVID issues, is not going to play in the Olympics. Uh, Jeremiah Grant is having some issues as well. He's in protocol. They've already called up three guys to help in practices. Now they've got three guys that will come over after the finals as well. The question has to be asked, Dad, and we talked about it off air, but how in the world are they going to do the Olympics when they've got all these COVID issues going on in Tokyo right now? Well, I'm like I said, I'm surprised. When they came out a few days ago with there won't be any fans allowed, um, now, I don't know if that involves family members also. And, of course, there's a lot of family members and staff involved in the Olympics because of all the individual participants. Um, so I don't know who's going to be allowed there and who isn't. Um, I, I, Tokyo is probably in a spot. The Olympic Committee, I mean, they've come this far. It yeah. really would be rough now to cancel it. But if it's going to keep being an issue and an issue, um, yeah, I, I'm not sure why, you know, why they're having it. Um, you know, we all like sports, and I and I think some sports are being successful with being able to handle it. But apparently, there's a situation in Tokyo that may make it very, very rough, and um, it'd be interesting to see how that goes. You talk about the fans and the importance of it, and, and I agree with you. In the Olympics, though, I think actually more about the athletes than I do the fans. I think about the countries and the nations cheering on the athletes. But these people, as a majority of the Olympic athletes, they trained for four years, six years, eight years to get to this point. Last year, they got yanked out from underneath them, and they said, we're going to push it off a year. But they said last year, if it goes further than a year, they're just going to cancel them all together. Now they're coming up just weeks away from the start of the Olympics, and these athletes, not talking about the NBA players, 
Um, I'm talking about the the athletes. You don't know their names yet because we haven't seen them on TV. Those people have worked their tails off to get here, and I would just absolutely hate uh, for this to get canceled and them not getting their opportunity to swim, to run, to lift, to play, whatever it is. Uh, you know, if they can make it work, they've got to make it work. Um, you think about uh, the other side of things that always runs everything is money, uh, the TV deals, the advertising deals. I mean, my goodness, how in the world can you not can you not do it? So. It'll be interesting to see, though, because we're seeing COVID pop up in baseball. We're seeing it pop up in basketball. We're seeing it pop up in the Olympics. It's an issue still, and uh, and it's interesting nonetheless. All right, I want to close out the episode, Dad. I looked up some This Day in Sports facts, and I settled on some baseball facts. I want to get some thoughts uh, with you here. I got two no-hitter stats. This date in 1876 was baseball's first official no-hitter. George Bradley of the St. Louis Brown Stockings no hit the Hartford Dark Blues <laughs> two to zero. That's where we're headed with sports names. By the way, we're going to get back to colors, uh, just so we're not offending anyone. But um, first no hitter, eighteen seventy six. Then in nineteen seventy three, California Angels pitcher Nolan Ryan had his second no hitter beating the Detroit Tigers 6-0. to zero. My question for you, Dad, is are you entertained by no-hitters or do you find them boring? Uh, I, I think it's, oh, I think we're it's losing interesting. Him. I think it's still interesting. Uh, we're going to kick him out. He'll be back in just a second to answer that question. Again, I want to remind you that we are brought to you by Yeti Coolers and Skull Candy. Click the links. In the comment section, in the podcast notes, in the YouTube video description to visit Yeti Coolers and also Skull Candy. We sure appreciate them partnering with us and helping us out in the podcast. We also want to encourage you to go to bellyupsports.com. There are articles. There are other podcasts. There are a lot of stuff going on at bellyupsports.com right now. So make sure you go visit them and uh, and catch up on some different things, some great podcasts. We're going to have some fellow podcasters in the Belly Up Network on our show, as we already have had several, but we'll continue to have more of those uh, coming up as well. So hopefully uh, you'll get to meet just a few more people in the Belly Up Sports world also. Uh, let's see here. I think we got Dad back with us. Let's bring him back in. All right, there we are, Dad. Uh, all right, so the question was no hitters. Are they entertaining to you or are they boring? Are they entertaining? I think they're good. I think they're uh, superlative in baseball. Not everyone can do it. It doesn't happen all the time. And um, I think it still, you know, shows, shows um, you know, some novelty. And it, um, I think it's good. I think, it, it, yes, I'd say it's entertaining to say, Here's a no hitter, and when you're watching a game, um, you know if you got a no hitter going and it comes down to the end, that adds a lot of excitement. And um, there's not that many of them, and um, I, I I think it is still good, and it's a matter of record. Yeah, I like it too. I'm all for no hitters. I talked about this on the Belly Up Fantasy Live Show Wednesday nights, nine o'clock. Belly Up Fantasy's Twitter and Facebook page. You can tune in and watch us. We talk fantasy baseball, but uh, we talked about this on that show a while back. And the reality is, is uh, number one, it helps the issue of long games, right? No hitters breaks the game go faster. But uh, also to me, I, I am incredibly entertained by a solid pitching night and the no hitters. All right, another stat for you. Uh, now we're going to transition to home runs a little bit. 1909, on this date in 1909, uh, Detroit's future baseball hall of fame center fielder, Ty Cobb smashes two inside the park homers to lead the Tigers to a sweep of the Washington senators, nine, five and seven zero. Then in 1973 on this date, Willie McCovey, he becomes the 15th to hit 400 home runs. And then this day in history, 2019, Tampa Bay catcher Travers Dayernod uh, becomes the first player in Major League Baseball history to hit three homers while catching and batting leadoff in the Rays' 5-4 win over the Yankees. Home runs have always been a major part of baseball. Uh, when baseball was was dying, Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa brought it back through home runs. Barry Bonds then carried that torch with home runs. 
Uh, now we just come off the all-star break in the home run derby, and the reality is people still love home runs. As the old saying go, chicks dig the long ball. Uh, home runs are a big part of baseball. And you look back in the history of these different things, Ty Cobb, uh, let's start with that. Ty Cobb, two inside-the-park homers. Is an inside-the-park home run a legitimate home run? Uh, yes, I think so, and I think it's one of the more exciting ones. You don't see that happen very often. You don't see it anymore. I mean, it can have something to do with errors, but, um, you know, when you have somebody that's really um, fast and speedy, I remember when I was a kid, there were some guys, the great base stealers, um, that now and then, you know, could get – potentially an inside-the-park home run. I think of guys named Lou Brock, Maury Wills, people that were, you know, had a lot of speed there. And um, I, I think that's that's very, very exciting. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And, yes, I think it's a legitimate home run. It's something you're not going to necessarily see very often. And uh, unless it's just a fluke, normally if the defense will stay on their game, it won't happen. But okay. You get somebody that's fast and somebody gets nonchalant, doesn't make a good throw, it can. Well, that's the issue. So it's two things. Yes, it's entertaining. Yes, it's fun to see. When he's rounded second and everybody's going, oh, he might come home, that's anticipation, it's excitement. But I don't consider it a legit home run because it's usually the fielder's fault, not so much the base runner's great base running. Um, it has to play into someone making the throw to the wrong place or someone slipping and falling or – uh, the ball taking a weird bounce or something like that. Uh, still a great play in baseball. I'm all for him, but I, I don't consider it a legit home run, needless to say. Uh, let's see here. Okay. Last stat of the, uh, of the night, 1960 on this date in 1960, Baltimore's future baseball hall of fame third baseman Brooks Robinson goes five for five, including the cycle. And the Orioles five to two win over the Chicago White Sox. Now, Dad, this I'm going to upset some fans here. I didn't know who Brooks Robinson was. I asked you before the show, you ever heard of Brooks Robinson? And you said, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so my bad baseball people. Uh, I'm sorry. I didn't know that. Uh, but, uh, the cycle, we don't see the cycle a whole lot. Uh, it, it pops up like maybe a couple times a year, if that. Uh, how, how big of a feat is it to get the cycle hit for the cycle in a baseball game? Well, I, I think anytime you, you know, start the statement with, it doesn't happen very often, then it's a big deal. And, um, I think, yeah, for a guy to hit now, you know, do, do they do it on purpose? Can they control, you know, okay. Oh, I just want a single this time or whatever. No, but anytime you can do that. And, um, I think, you know, one, once you've got two of them, then it probably gets in everybody's mind. Hey, you know, um, if he has a home run or he gets on base one more time uh, from there, you know, the triple's probably the hardest thing to get out of the bunch. And once you've got that, then, you, you know, you've got a shot at it. And, um, you know, I don't know that hitting for the cycle makes you um, a better hitter than people that don't, but I think it's a very interesting and very entertaining feat from there. And, yeah, Brooks Robinson, you know, when I grew up, he was the best third baseman. There was no doubt about it when you talked about all-star games every year um, and you talked about, you know, his team, you know, that that's who you thought of, Baltimore Orioles. It was Brooks Robinson. So. You mentioned it, that triple. Once you get that triple, now it's in sight because a home run can happen on any at-bat. You can stretch a double uh, a little bit easier than, than some things. Single obviously is relatively easy. Uh, so yeah, that's, uh, that's where it gets exciting. You get that triple, especially if you get it early in the game. Now your sights are set on it, uh, there as well. Baseball about to kick up second half of the season. We'll continue to talk about that as the, uh, the, the shows go on, but we are transitioning a lot of our content to football and starting next week, we will do our college football preview. And on Tuesday, in our episode Tuesday, we're covering the Big Ten, the second best football conference out there behind the SEC. Um, we are going to have Tom Allen, head football coach of the Indiana Hoosiers, an interview with him. 
That'll be aired for you on Tuesday night, live right here. Tom Allen won't be live. We're recording it with Tom Allen, but uh, we will present it live to you at 8 o'clock on Tuesday evening. And uh, we'll, along with the interview with Tom Allen, we will have the Big Ten football preview. We'll also talk about other uh, important sports topics of the, the week as well on there. And so each of our episodes, uh, for the next several episodes, we'll be previewing a football conference and uh, maybe a couple conferences, depending on the conferences that we're covering. And uh, we're looking and uh, working on scheduling more guests like head coach Tom Allen to be with us. Tom Allen has been on with us before. You can go back and listen. At the end of the college football season, he came on uh, and is very kind to join us again uh, here next week. So make sure you tune in for that Tuesday. If you don't catch it live, you can always catch it in the podcast version. So make sure you subscribe uh, to the podcast, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and then also uh, if you've enjoyed the program, make sure you rate and review and share for all your friends to find out as well. Dad, we are close to football season. As a matter of fact, uh, I get I have the opportunity to uh, be the color analyst for high school football here in in our area, and I got a phone call today from the radio station talking about the schedule, and we kick off next month uh, for that. So we are this close to football. And Tom Allen will be a great guest to kick us off for our college football preview uh, there. We reached out to Aaron Rodgers, no response, but when we get him, we'll be him to you with the breaking news about his contract extension uh, that he's working on as well. Uh, Dabo Sweeney, by the way, uh, politely declined an interview with the podcast, but uh, we still like Dabo. You may not like him. We like him. I like him, at least, uh, Dabo Sweeney. So, uh, so maybe someday Dabo will come on and, and join us as well. Uh, by the way, for what it's worth, Dabo, a lot nicer than Alabama. Uh, very, very rude, uh, Alabama people. But anyways, that being said, tune in next Tuesday, eight, eight o'clock live here on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, or catch the podcast version as well. Make sure you click the links for Skull Candy and Yeti. Uh, dad, any closing remarks? Uh, no, like I said, football's coming up. I was reminded of that too. Um, in my job, I drive around a lot, and I saw a lot of high school teams out practicing in their summer practice in the heat, which is something they still do. And I thought, wow, football is coming up here. I saw the, the helmets and uh, and the guys running, and I thought, yeah, it won't be long. It's here. Uh, by the way, happy birthday, Dad. Tomorrow uh, is your birthday. I was planning on just calling you and telling you tomorrow, but I'll do that too. But happy birthday uh, to Dad as well as uh, my son. I'm a I'm a dad of a teenager uh, starting tomorrow, 13 years old for my son, oldest son. Uh, so happy birthday to both of you as well. All right, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, we'll see you on Tuesday with Indiana Hoosiers head football coach, Tom Allen. Until then, we'll see you around the sports stove.